across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. I'm going to read you the menu. It's fantastic. So we get better flavour because of the fen soil. I've drunk more beer since I came here and bought my two barrels than I've ever done in my life before, I think. I shouldn't have said almonds. They don't make it from almonds. <laughs> so you've got this big sticky mess when you start off. Pizza pot pies. My wife's cakes are selling up hot cakes. Brilliant, thank you. The time is right for this sort of thing. Food is everything. Cambridge is right for this sort of thing. What's it like? <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to Flavour, an hour of local food and drink news. And a special welcome to new university students too. We hope you'll tune in to us every fortnight. I'm Matt Bentman and we've the full team back in the studio today. So here are Alan Alder and Sue Bailey to run through what we have for you. Uh, yeah, lots of restaurant news today as we hear from Restaurant 22 about its winning the highly prestigious 3AA Rosettes. News too from Market House about the first few weeks of trading and the events they've got coming up soon. And from Steak and Honour, which has a few changes in the pipeline. We're here too from Dulcius, recently opened in Rose Crescent. And away from restaurants, there's a very interesting talk about how we can feed the world. And that's coming up at the university, so we hear more about that. We also have a huge amount of local food and drink news to tell you about, so let's get going. Our first feature today is about Sam Carter and Alexandra Olivier. They run Restaurant 22, which you can find at 22 Chesterton Road. They create exquisite dishes with locally grown foods. Chalk stream trouts, truffled honey, buttermilk thyme sorbet, Norfolk salt marsh lamb. Actually, Mike Malloy told us what was so great about salt marsh lamb just a few episodes ago. Even their bread and butter, it isn't just bread and butter. It's potato bread with smoked goat's butter, or even cheese and onion butter if you prefer. Anyway, they've just won a prestigious award for their troubles, and they've only been open a few short years. So, Sam and Alex, here we are, four years later, and three double A rosettes later. This was down at uh, Grosvenor House in London, yes? Yeah, that's right. So that was the big award ceremony, black tie event. It was nice for the whole team to get some recognition for all their hard work. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So to be a part of that 23 is it's an accolade that we've been striving for, to be honest. We've been... Those accolades, they're so strict. <laughs> We're giving them out, rightly so. Mm. There's so much work that goes on every day to maintain those standards. You can't have an off day, and I think that's what is so challenging, but also why we're so proud of the team, because every day they come in, they give their best, they hit the standards, and the work is in those early mornings and, and just giving it you all, even though you're, you're shattered and you've had a late night the night before and you've got a, a full week ahead. Yeah. That's what we're so proud of. I was looking back over my notes of when uh, I first met you, which was March 2018, and it was just yes. about four or five days before you were due to do your soft opening, I think it was. One thing that stuck with me, Sam, you said, keeping the menu small, keeping it fresh, that was your core for everything. That still holds true now, yes? It's actually even smaller and even fresher now. When we opened, we had an a la carte menu, yeah, so about, it was only about 5% of people were going for the a la carte menu. And then we were finding there was more wastage than we wanted. So in the end, we said, we'll just lose the a la carte menu and just focus on the tasting menu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a year in, we dropped the a la carte. And that meant 
the menu could be smaller and even more seasonal. And fresh is the key point here, because just how fresh, how local. You've got people still, I presume, like uh, Will Lowe, the gin distillery specialist. Yeah. Uh, those two micro-veg guys, Mikey and Jake. Yeah, Jake, yeah, we still <laughs> use Jake. His produce is amazing. And so one of our regulars, a lovely lady called Rosemary Tolbert, she has an allotment just up the road and she is growing quite a lot of vegetables and salads for us now, isn't she? All of our little micro-herbs. Over the summer, she was harvesting flowers, lettuces, so many different things. And she's great. We're still using Flourish produce down in Hildesham. Seed to feed microfarm, Jake, obviously. He's still going strong. Calvary's. Calvary's Brewery. Mm. And an absolute abundance of like local producers and yeah. suppliers, and it's even wine. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, we've got, yeah. So Great Britannia, we get seventy-five percent of our wine suppliers are based in Cambridge. So we use Great Britannia for all of our British wine, and then James Thorne has a brilliant selection. And we also use Cambridge Wine Merchants as well. But there's a Gutters and Stars, which is a winemaker now in Chesterton, so yes, so yeah. close to us. Whatever they make, we take. Obviously, the team that we have, like, it's so rewarding to see them develop. And a lot of them have been with us from the early days. So, Kaya, one of our chefs, he started as a commie chef. He's just been promoted now to senior sous chef, and he's just so much of the menu development and, and training the rest of the team. He's brilliant. Melissa, she started with us. She's just been promoted to assistant manager. She's the absolute star of the restaurant, Alfie Sommelier. He's just started this wine course called the WSET Diploma, which is a huge course that often people don't do until much later in their career, but he's smashing it. So it's amazing what the team are achieving. You know, I was reading an article just last night about two of your guys. You mentioned Kaya and Josh. Yes. Yeah, so Josh took over at Tobanco as head chef early in the summer. Yeah. He was with us for two and a half, three years. Yeah. Worked his way up got to a place where he went and took on his own place and, and he, Michelin have just been in and done a nice little tweet about Tobanco and he's doing so well so it's such a proud moment for us and for Sam in particular to yeah. see the chefs go on and start their own things. I read in the article that it was you who suggested that Josh and Kaya go up for the... The Rue Scholarship. The yeah. Rue Scholarship, yeah, because you'd, you'd entered it yourself years before. Yeah, yeah. I, I entered it seven or eight years ago. Yeah. I found it such a learning curve. I thought it was a really good way of progressing as a chef. So any of the guys that come here that are, show any interest in it now will yeah, help them and support them. them. And hopefully Kaya's going to enter again this year. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge amount of work putting a recipe together. They have to cost it. Um, it has to be right down to the absolute fine detail. And then there was quite a few late nights of practising the dishes in mm. the run-up. The Roux Scholarship was founded in 1984 by Michelle Roux to enable young British chefs to train in the greatest restaurants in the world. Restaurant 22 chefs Josh Fulcher and Kaya Timberlake qualified in the regional finals by composing their own dishes. Josh's entry comprised of stuffed hake, chanterelle, monk's beard, bone marrow, purslan fricassee, garlic puree and crispy clams. Whilst Kaya made pan-roasted hake loin, hake mousse, leek puree, pomme souffle and smoked saffron and clam sauce. We all eat together before service and we were sat down having dinner and the lady called and said, oh, it's me from the Rue Scholarship, can I speak to Kaya? And I was oh, I'm sorry, he's just in the middle of something. And then she said, oh, well, can I speak to Josh then? And I was like, what do you mean? It can't be both, <laughs> they can't both be through and we just couldn't believe it, could we, that they'd 
not just one of our chefs had got through, but two. It was a huge moment for us. But it's such a prestigious this, competition. Yeah. Mm. The standard I mean, is so high, the level of chefs that are there. Yeah. Out of the 16 or 18 that go through, only six get through to the final. Yeah. Mm. And Kyle is actually the youngest entry. Yeah, lots of potential for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess just to, to finish off then, four years down the line, how do you feel? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> but happy, right? Yeah, yeah, we've had good moments. I think a big achievement for us was, so the Good Food Guide just, they have four ratings. Good, very good, exceptional and world-class. Yeah. And we managed to achieve it exceptional and there are only 25 of the restaurants in the country at the moment with that rating. It's amazing. To be put in that bracket is yeah. just surreal. It's really flattering, yeah. Obviously, COVID was incredibly difficult for the industry and difficult for us as an independent who hadn't been open long. But we did takeaway boxes, which were hugely supported, which we are just so grateful for because without that support, we probably wouldn't have survived and and it kept the team going. A positive from the pandemic is the industry has really sharpened up work-life balance and we've made changes. So, for example... The curfew was implemented, the 10 o'clock curfew, which meant that guests arrived a bit earlier and left a bit earlier, and we've tried to kind of still implement that because Mm. the team were getting a lot more sleep, which helps productivity and everything else, yeah. And we've more of a rotor system now where the team get more time off with their friends and family, often obviously hospitality work and sociable hours, and we've really tried to tweak that where we can so that they get to see their friends and family and still enjoy weekends and evenings and one of the other things that the whole industry benefited like because it's it's such a a fast-paced industry everything's 100 miles an hour i think it did give everybody time to like stop and go okay what are we doing right what are we doing wrong yeah and make some changes of the things that weren't working definitely very positive So we open Wednesday to Saturday, but before the whole team would do Wednesday to Saturday, now each member of the team has an additional evening off within that four days as well. So that is something that we never used to do and never thought we'd be able to do, but we think it's really benefited the business. We also, uh, we're closing one Saturday night a month for some normality for the whole team. So like you can, do whatever you would normally do on a Saturday night if you didn't work in hospitality, which is which is nice. We all get the same night off together. Yeah. And we can get to go to a restaurant that... Definitely see our friends or... Don't. That's really yeah, nice. It's yeah, it's really good. And financially, it's not the wisest thing to do because Saturdays are our best day. But it's worth its weight in gold to us because we're happy and the team are happy. So that's what matters, really. I think we kind of realised that you don't go into restaurants to make lots of money we're in this restaurant to make it a lifestyle that works for us and the team and that's what we're really trying to achieve because the happier the team are the happier the guests are that's nice isn't it that's just true yeah and it's true it's been great to pop around and see you even though it's been very brief (laughs) can sam answer the question about how you're feeling i I feel like um we've really progressed when we first opened things were good and I think things are getting better now. Every year and every month that we've been open, we're getting better and better and we're going in the right direction. Personally, I'm tired a little bit as well, but <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. It's, um, it's great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you very much, thank Sam you. and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. 
Yeah, that was Sam and Alex. And if you want to check out their menu, it's available on restaurant22.co.uk. And if you'd like to see the food and the premises, then why not try out their Instagram page, which you can also find, and that is linked via their website. And now details of free food available in and around Cambridge. The information about what's available and where to get it comes from the Olio app, and that exists so that people's or businesses' surplus food doesn't go to waste. Yeah, and looking at today's Olio for Cambridge shows us that Nina in Hills Road by the Botanic Garden, she's got two boxes of compostable coffee pods to give away. Sticking with coffee, Emily on Mill Road near the mosque has five Nespresso pods up for grabs. She got them as a present, but they don't fit her machine, hence her reason for putting them on Olio. Marina in Hildesham has some whole grain rice available. She didn't say how much rice, somewhere between two and 20,000 grains, I suppose. And Shamala in Combatant has onions, parsnips, winter veg, winter fruit salad, a bag of parsley, a loaf of Polish bakery pumpkin seed bread, and 12 bunches of assorted flowers to give away. And that is just a small sample of the things that are available to you on Olio today. And there is another free app, it's called Too Good To Go, and it has unsold food from restaurants and shops, and they're often at less than half price. Rather than specifying each leftover item, the surplus food is simply packaged as a magic bag, and it's ready for you to take home, and that's instead of it being binned at the end of the day's trading. Well, Sam Adams was the mastermind behind the extraordinary range of non-alcoholic drinks at Vandalal. Now he's moving to stake an honour in Wheeler Street as general manager. Alan asked him what changes he was introducing. Sam, you've moved to stake an honour and uh, you're introducing some changes to the, to the restaurant. Could you tell us something about that? We are, yeah. We've just moved the seating downstairs. Um, so now we've got down uh, floor seating and the middle floor is, is still open for seats as well and dining in. We've also expanded our drinks range. So we're working quite closely with uh, Cambridge wine merchants um, to bring on some wines by the glass um, as well as some ciders distant lands for a more extensive range of beers as well, uh, as well as still um, supporting Wild Sky Brewery, um, who are based over in Linton. Okay, so you've enhanced the drinks offer. And I've got to ask you, having sampled your drinks at Vandalaya when you when you worked there, are, are you producing any drinks for Steak and Honour? Work in progress at the moment. But yeah, the plan is, is to kind of uh, introduce more of a, a soft non-alcoholic drinks drinks offering. Um, we do have a range here at the moment, but um, it'd be nice to kind of introduce more uh, kombuchas, um, as well as some kind of, uh, maybe when the summer comes around, some uh, iced teas of, of variations and that as well. And will you have to change the, the, the drinks that you produced for a sort of more meaty menu, do you think? Probably slightly heavier, uh, and then, There'll be some range of, of more heavy kind of looking back at, you know, the, the red wines uh, pairing, but as well as some nice light uh, floral and quite high acidity um, uh, drinks as well, just to kind of cut through and balance out uh, the meat. But of course, Steak and Honor isn't just meat, there's a vi vegan burger as well, isn't there? Yeah, so the Veganella is uh, over at the Tivoli branch at the moment, um, but we can uh, cater uh, for vegan and gluten-free uh, dietaries at Wheeler Street and yeah so yeah, we're just looking to kind of improve the offering and, and expand it a lot more and to, to be more welcoming to, to those dietaries. 
the, the, the customers have. Any other changes likely to happen? Once once we get you know the ball rolling a bit a bit more, um, I'd like to extend more of the wine list, bring back some more dots uh, chicken products as well, and we're doing a, a Christmas burger um, in December, which is in collaboration with Rennet and Ryan. So we're working on a cheese uh, with Perry at the moment, which hopefully will you know will contemplate uh, you know, the burger and, and, and go forward but that's that's in um, that's raising money uh, for the red hen project which is north cambridge charity for uh, primary school and and school children and what about the dots chicken what's likely to happen there more wings <laughs> buckets of wings yeah and just kind of we're we're discussing about you know where we can move forward with that and um, hopefully yeah just expand the offering that way right and and anything else um so we're starting to rent out uh, the middle floor or the top floor for private dining uh, functions so for christmas parties and colleges so um that would be yeah a private hire function and perfect for your, your christmas party yeah but the ground floor will still be open for yeah ground floor in. ground floor will still be open for for dining in as well as uh, takeaway yeah. yeah so after almost 10 years steak and honor isn't standing still not at the moment no <laughs> moving forward yeah. Moving forward, yeah. And good, good for you to be part of the team, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, they've made me feel very welcome and, um, yeah, it's a great team to work for and a great company as well. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing what the next uh, few years have. Yeah, great. OK, thank you very much, Sam. You're welcome. Oh, that burger sounds good. That was Sam Adams at Steak and Honour. On to our first news break now, and as we said earlier, there's a lot of news about, beginning with apples. Yes, apple lovers will want to know that it's Burwash Manor's Apple Day today, Saturday, until 5pm. There's apples from Cam Valley Orchard in Meldreth, apple identification, apple pulping and juicing, and also food vans, tractor rides and all sorts of other attractions. Entry is £5 for adults and free for under-12s. Yeah, and on the subject of apples, Bushel Box Farm in Willingham currently has the following apples in its shop. Uh, those include Greensleeves, Red Windsor, Festival, Robin, Worcester Pearman, Fortune, Rubens, Tidemans, Worcester and Honeycrop. Well, that's rather a lot, but Heath Fruit Farm in Bluntisham has even more. Uh, these eating apples are available from its farm shop and many of them are on the stall today at Ely Market. Russets, Spartans, Cox's Orange Pippin, Cherry Cox, Crispin, Jupiter, John Gold, Allington's Pippin, Laxton Superb and Gala. They also have Cooking Apples, Bramley's and Howgate Wonder and Pears, Commis, Conference, Superfin and Conference. And also at their shop only, they have Frozen Cherries, Apricots and Green Gages. And moving on from fruit lovers to good news for chocolate lovers, a branch of Noops is opening in Cambridge at the end of November. Noops is devoted to making the perfect hot chocolate drink and customers can choose to have their drink made from any one of 20 different types of chocolate covering a full range of cocoa solids. The chocolate is mostly single estate and comes from countries such as Peru, the Solomon Islands, Venezuela, Congo, Mexico and Colombia. They'll also be selling chocolate milkshakes and iced chocolate. Not only that, but there will be coffees and teas available and a variety of baked goods to have with them, including croissants, brownies, donuts and pastes donata. Noops will be at 28 Green Street. 
My Persian Kitchen, fresh from his success at the Kingston Arms pop-up, hosted by Pina Broccoli and Naya, is popping up again. This time at Thrive in Norfolk Street, and the date for that is the 29th of October. It runs from 5.30 to 8.30pm, and you can reserve your table by emailing mpkcontactus at gmail.com. And popping up at Providence Kitchen's new Orchard Barn in Whittlesford on the 15th of October for an Oktoberfest is Brewboard and its beers. And you can sip its beers and eat food from Providence at the same time. And that runs from 6 till 11pm. Gleep Farm, who you may remember was on the receiving end of some legal action from Oatly a while ago, but one has introduced its oat milk in returnable bottles. Finboys at Number 2 Mill Road has sold out the two October nights of its new Finboys Fish Club. The Fish Club has a different theme each month, and those who manage to get a table in October will have a five-course dinner for just £30 per person. It's aimed at showcasing what's possible to create with Finboys fresh fish boxes. Jay and Rich will be talking about the different types of fish coming into the shop at the moment and sharing ideas and recipes before cooking it all up in five courses. But as I say, this for October was sold out, so do look out for November's details. And there is still space for the Piedmont five-course dinner and wine night on Wednesday the 2nd of November. Five courses for £30 is remarkably good value. I'm not surprised it's sold out. I know. I'm going to go for that next time. I'm going to go for the November one, yeah. Anyway, Finn Boys has also returned to its previous opening hours, so the fish butchery and shop are now regularly open again from Tuesday till Saturday from 11am. And their fish boxes and web shop have returned. Bookings for the restaurant for November and early December are now open on their website. Some market news now. A new market has started at Waterbeach Barracks. Its next opening is 16th October from 10 till 3pm. Final confirmation of which stalls will be there is underway, but it's likely to include fruit from Penny Black, fish from Derrick, Andrew's Meadows Coffee Van, Raised in Rampton, Costa's Prestige Donuts and Will Nichols's Artisan Cheese. The entrance to the market is opposite the Brewery Tap Pub, which is at CB 259PB. There will be plenty of free parking and seating. More news will be coming up later, but now, here are details of an event. Yes, coming up on the 14th of October, there's a talk which is free and sounds to be very interesting, important and entertaining, which is quite a combination. It's part of the Cambridge Global Food Security's contribution to the Cambridge Zero Climate Change Festival. I asked Professor Martin Jones about the talk, but first I asked him what Cambridge Global Food Security is. Over the last 10 years or so, Cambridge scholars from all sorts of subject areas from biology, from engineering, from archaeology, history, politics, have come together to research together on how we can feed the next generation of the world. Okay, so the talk that's coming up is about technologies that put food on our plate. So what, there's going to be a discussion of those? It's it's going to be quite light-hearted. The major project is really serious, feeding a growing uh, population of the world is a serious matter of how one puts science together. But what we've got here is a, as a series of colleagues who've been working on that project together, actually in competition for who's got the best contribution. And uh, well, is, is there going to be a vote? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm nervous because all the people with me, I, I really admire their work. So I, I've got to really <laughs> up my game if I'm going to. Uh, okay. So what sort of technologies are going to be talked about then? 
Well, on the one hand, we've got we've got proper biologists. You know, we've we've got we've got Tina Barsby, who who's who's the director of the National Institute of Agricultural Bot- Botany, which is a great place, which for a hundred years now has been looking at ways of improving crops. We've got Giles Olroyd, director of the Crop Science Centre, which is a, a, a newer Cambridge initiative, but again, right at the front line of doing biology to feed the world. But in addition, there's a political sociologist, Inanna Hamati Ataya, and she's director of the Centre for Global Knowledge Studies. So she studies how knowledge moves around the world. And we've also got uh, Shailaja Fennell, who's, a, who's an economist in, in the Department of Land Economy, and she's someone who really understands the communities that are farming in the world, who they are, you know, whether they're men or women, whether they're small-scale and large-scale, and she can really join up the dots in terms of where the science goes in the end. So right. it's quite a mix. And what and are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking <laughs> about the deep history and going right way back in time to look at uh, over the past 10,000 years of producing food and what we can learn from that. So it's a it's high powered, but it also must be quite high speed because it's what an hour long. Isn't it? I know we just we just got five minutes to make our case. So you make your case to the audience, yeah, and then the audience get the chance to ask you questions. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll be grilled a bit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know if we can ask each other questions or put the boot into our, our chances. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, and then and then there's there's a, a vote on yeah. on which technology people think is the most absolutely. I'm not entirely sure myself whether the winner gets a prize or something. <laughs> Are you looking forward to it? I am. I, I work a fair bit with these colleagues. I haven't been in a, in a situation of competing with them <laughs> and, and showing how my, uh, my contributions it, it, is better. But I've got 10,000 years of agriculture to draw on and they've only got a century or so, so I think I've got a sporting chance. <laughs> well, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, That was Professor Martin Jones and the date for the talk is the 14th of October. You can book your ticket, it's free, from Eventbrite or you could just turn up and the organisers will do what they can to accommodate you. This uh, Cambridge Zero Climate Change Festival is actually a huge event and there are other food-related parts to it. For example, a talk entitled How to Make Plant-Based Diets Accessible to All. So it's really worth checking it out on the website. Time for a bit more news now. A related event to the Zero Climate Change one is a Food for the Planet Festival, organised by Cambridge Sustainable Food. It runs from 15th to the 22nd October and there are talks, workshops and community meals, all sorts of things. Details can be found on the Cambridge Sustainable Food website, but here are a few. There are big discounts on cookery classes, such as BB's Indian cookery classes. Maison Clement is having some climate specials with a new selection of plant-based quiches and sandwiches. Meadows has a special discount on their homemade ferments. Thin Boys has a special Food for the Planet menu. And there are climate specials at Cam's Cuisine's country pubs, Homerton College, Maurizio's Dining and the Petersfield Pub. The Daily Bread Cooperative has a tasting day. There's also a cookery and fermentation workshop at Meadows. There's a chance to learn about biodiverse food growing at Arbury Court Library. This is a huge number of events and they're all on the Sustainable Food website. And a reminder that it runs from 15th to the 22nd of October. There's a lot of good news around at the moment, so let's move over to our congratulations corner. Congratulations go to Steak and Honour, who drove their first van into Cambridge 10 years ago. 
Congratulations also to Il Molino, the specialist Italian olive oil stool on Cambridge's Sunday market, and that's for winning a Cambridge Bid Award for the fourth year. Other winners, who we also congratulate, include for Late Night Venue, Cambridge Brew House, for Restaurant, Tabanco, and Trinity Restaurant, they were joint winners there, for Cafe, Bold Brothers Coffee, and for Market Trader, the Mac Daddy and Hello Man were joint winners too. Congratulations too to the Three Hills in Bartlow, which won the Rural Country Pub of the Year Award from the Morning Advertiser's Great British Pub Awards. They also have two AA rosettes and a Michelin plate, and are in Estre Dam Top 50 Gastro Pubs along with other accolades. And congratulations also to the University Arms Hotel, which is judged to be the sixth best hotel in the UK by Condé Nast, and to the Cambridge Cheese Company too. They celebrated their 28th birthday last week. Yeah, the University Arms Hotel, of course, being where... Um, Tristan Welch. Tristan Welch is, yeah. Mm. Parker's Tavern. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll have more news later, along with a trip to Market House, a catch-up of what's on social media and our jobs roundup, and also a trip to Dulce's in Rose Crescent. But right now, we're off for a two-minute break, and we'll see you on the other side, we hope. Cambridge 105 Radio. Monday evenings on Cambridge 105 Radio. Strummers and Dreamers with Les Ray. As there are so many different kinds of folk songs out there. Traditional ballads, shanties, work songs, songs by singer-songwriters of all kinds, my particular thing. You'll get live sessions and interviews by local performers and those from further afield, the big names on the scene and newly emerging independent artists. Lots of new music, some classics and something special just for you. Strummers and Dreamers online whenever you want it and Monday at 7 on Cambridge 105 Radio. Are you suffering from buffering? Find yourself screaming, not streaming? Or do you just lag behind? Then it's time to demand better broadband. City Fibre is building a brand new full fibre network across the UK, giving you access to broadband from a range of providers that's more reliable and up to 20 times faster than average. So you can stream, game and video call without interruption. Get connected to full fibre today. Choose your provider at cityfibre.com slash Cambridge 105. CKLG Accountants are a friendly team of accountants and tax advisors with big firm expertise. I'm Lawrence, Director of CKLG, responsible for business services. We understand that running a successful business brings many challenges. Our experienced business services team provide a bespoke service and offer professional advice at every stage of your business journey, allowing you the freedom to focus more on what you do best. To find out more, call us on Cambridge 810100 to arrange an initial chat with one of our specialists or visit our website cklg.co.uk cklg accountants your partner in business your partner in life cambridge 105 radio well welcome back to flavor a big new addition to Cambridge's restaurant scene is Market House, occupying the building that for so long housed Don Pasquale. I went along last week to see how it was looking and chatted to Bill Brogan about how things were going and what events have been lined up for the future. We opened the 1st of July for the restaurant, which has, has been a slow start, but we're actually building up trade quite nicely now. Thursday, Friday and Saturdays are quite busy. And we've had the wine bar open now for about four weeks. In fact, the last part of it were only opened about two weeks ago, and that's now building up trade. Private dining is going well in the private dining room, and 
even in the boardroom meeting room, which you, you can book, we've now got a, a meeting in there. We've had one last week, so the bookings are coming in for that area as well. All moving, all the facets are all moving in, in the right direction. It's a very tall building and it has a, a very prominent place on the corner of the market square. You also have a cafe outside as well and also a interesting food lab. Tell me more. If we go on the terrace, yeah, we've got outside seating for, for 18 on the food terrace and we actually do casual dining outside there and it's the same menu that we serve down in the wine bar. So that menu runs from 11 till 5, but we carry on with the outside kiosk serving drinks out there till like half past 8, and the wine bar is open till 10 o'clock at night. Regarding the food lab, we've got six stations in the food lab, uh, of which can accommodate 12 people. It's a very nice area. Some of the chefs do their own development in there for, for new menus, which we've got coming on, but also we've got some Cambridge corporate companies looking at for their own team-building events, cook, cookery events. And actually, we're looking and working with somebody quite local about them coming in to do two or three events where they will lead the cookering and the demonstrations to members of the public who can actually buy tickets for the event. But that will be circulated on our website. And you're pretty active on social media as well, and particularly Instagram shows the beautiful decor inside Market House. And tell me a little bit about the history of the decor. Why is it so different? And why does each layer have a different feel to it, each level of Market House? Really, the design was done by my wife, and then she went to the interior designer and said actually really what she wanted so upstairs the meeting room is done out in cambridge blue and it's got old pictures of cambridge and the cambridge colleges so it's a kind of boardroom meeting room but all about uh, cambridge then the next room down we've got private dining room and that's a bit more oriental in themed but it's got recipe books in there and history books but quite a lot of oriental books in there but a very nice space for up to uh, between 10 and 12 people we've got the food lab on that floor the restaurant where we're now situated in here uh, is all one restaurant but one part of it is a memory wall to aid don pasquale and also the market square and all what it was and the area we're now sat is a kind of like the oriental room which is based on an old Chinese proverb of a boy and girl falling in love. So that's quite unique. And then the wine bar down below is very much based on an old, like, city centre vaults area. And it's quite unique, and we've got bare brick, which is, but it's got a very nice feel to it. It's got a low ceiling, and we've got some of our wines on display down there in, in the cellar. And it's got its own bar and coffee station and everything down there. So, again, it's got a different, unique feel. They've all got different feels for different uses. And I will attest to that. I mean, in the dining room where we're sitting at the moment, there is this most stunning golden wave ceiling that tells the story of the two lovers, which is, is absolutely charming. And the design is beautiful. But let's talk about the food and the sort of idea behind food because Bill you have a lot of experience and tell me a little bit more about your background and why your passion for food. Well I started cooking when I was eight years old and I started making bread and biscuits for the street I then moved on to there and I started working in the local hotel where I was from in, in Lincoln when I was 12. I actually did get stopped by the local MP when I was 14 because I uh, I did it for free, but I was bought cookery books. I've got passionate by cookery books. I've got lots of those. But when I was 16, I then went to 
do an apprenticeship. I did that, stayed at the hotel. I went to various catering colleges, universities, so I did it a slightly different way round. But I've always been passionate about food and about wine. Wherever I've worked, it's been my passion here. I'm very pleased with the, with the team we've got here. I think we've got a really great team of chefs. Well, we've got a good front of house team as well, but the chefs are, are very, very good. Chris is the head chef. He, he's local to Cambridge, worked in many gastro pubs in it. Sean, the consultant chef, he's been my best friend for 40 years, worked in high-class places, also Queen's College, as a head chef there. But he knows all about food and he knows about my ethos of local, freshly cooked. And then we've got a young junior sous chef who's doing really well, called Chris. And we've got a couple of girls in there as well. One of them, uh, Maddie, was student of the year at West Suffolk College and she's got potential for a great future so a lot of the staff are, are really good, they're young, they're getting on with it, they come up with ideas I give them ideas but I don't say what's on the menu but I give them ideas and then they'll come back to me as well it's all fresh local food veering on sustainability we do have plant based dishes on the menu so it's not a meat laden heavy menu and you're having eaten lunch here it's absolutely beautiful and very inspirational so what would you say the, your sort of theme is? Is it modern British cookery, oriental British, a fusion? What would you say is your sort of key styles? It is definitely modern British, and we will have uh, some oriental elements on it. Probably a few more than, uh, than what we've got now. We will have a, a few more oriental touches on it. If A, my wife is... Is from the east, and I uh, worked out in Japan as well, so we'll be using all those countries of type of ethos. And Can you give me a flavour of what your new October menu is going to be like, and and what the plans are for you know various wine tastings and, and things to be coming up in the next couple of months? We're putting uh, bass on the menu. We changed two items on the menu each time we change. The next new menu will start on the 5th of October, so we'll have two new starters, two mains and two puddings, and we'll, so we'll take two off. And also appearing on the, on the menu uh, for the first time is rabbit. And then the next change of menu will be on the 23rd of November, which will have a touch of December feel to it, but it won't be carved roast turkey, but it will have elements of Christmas within the actual menu. And that will go through to the beginning of January when we'll change it again. The menus will be featuring game as, as, as well, because it's a great game season and some of the great autumn, autumn flavours. And in terms of events, we've just run a sold-out wine tasting last Friday, uh, we've just had a meeting now because we've got Oyster and Chablis in two weeks' time. We've got Paul Roger dinner in uh, the end of November, and that's something quite well. That's with the head of uh, Paul Roger from the UK. We've got a Christmas wine tasting on the 18th of November. That's on a Friday evening. That'll be in the wine bar. Not an event as such, but we're doing an event for St. Lucian's Day, which is celebrated in Scandinavia, which is an area I love. So we'll be doing the saffron buns and the... Their type of mulled wine that they have so we'll be featuring that on the day as well 13th of december so some really interesting things coming up then yes so how do people get to find out more about what's happening we're putting leaflets out around the restaurant we're putting it out on our social media and especially on instagram and also on our website there's all the information and also on how to book as well
because they're all bookable events apart from the St Lucian day when it just be a case of just uh, coming in and popping in. What a good time to be opening up a new restaurant, or more than a restaurant, in a very well-loved place with students coming back shortly yeah. and of course tourists beginning to come back as you've noticed. We've had quite a few tourists in. Some of the students have already started coming in. We are getting quite a lot of business from uh, the university and from different colleges, which is great to see and great to see them. Lovely to see the students. Uh, I like seeing the students. Students are dining, but they're also coming in and starting to use the wine bar now, both at lunch and in the evening. I mean, that doesn't mean to say that they're drinking drinking alcohol. I mean, drinking coffees and having food and everything. So it's good to see and they're chatting. They tell me which colleges they're from and everything. So it's nice to have a... Uh, discussion with them and there's quite a few in tonight with their parents, their freshers uh, we're booked out and also tomorrow we've got a lot of bookings over the next few days with parents bringing their children back to university which is great and it's great for Cambridge as well. No, it's perfect and what a lovely addition to Cambridge well thank you so much Bill And that was Bill Brogan ex-catering manager of St John's College and he's demonstrating there how Market House is not only a new addition to the Cambridge food scene but an important one too. Mm. Okay, let's move on to our final news roundup, beginning with wine and starting with Amphora in Devonshire Road. On the 12th of October, Alberto Guerreri, a sixth-generation member of Hacienda Guerreri, will be present at a tasting of his wines. Located in the Marche in central Italy, Alberto makes a whole range of wines from sparkling Bianchello and intense whites to full-bodied and juicy reds. On the 19th of October at Amphora, there's a tasting of orange wines, and on the 26th of October, there's a tasting of Brazilian wines, and all the tastings are £30 a head. At the wine rooms in Hills Road, there are wine tastings on Thursdays, where you can find out about wine production, pairings, different regions and niche producers. They take place from 7pm and cost £30. On 20th of October, the tastings are of wines from Italy's Val d'Aosta, and on 27th of October, it's Unexplored Italy. And as mentioned in our feature on Market House in Market Square today, they have an oyster and shabli tasting featuring Bill Pinney of Pinney's of Orford, who will talk about oysters, and Bill Brogan of Market House, who will talk about shabli. The date is the 14th of October. It takes place at 6pm, and tickets include the tasting of Grand Cru and Premier Cru shabli, as well as the oysters. And you can book that via the Eventbrite website. Saffron Grange Vineyard, based in Saffron Walden, has had a bumper summer and now needs to bring in the grape harvest and for that it needs volunteers. So if you have time either today, Sunday the 9th or Monday the 10th between 9am to 3pm, then the vineyard would love to hear from you. You'll get tea or coffee in the mornings and finish about 2pm for a light lunch with wine. If you'd like to help, then please email amy at harvest at saffrongrange.com. Away from wine, but still in the slurping section, Coffee Week begins on the 10th of October and Hot Numbers is celebrating by randomly giving away five cups of coffee at each of its branches on day one. And on the 14th of October at 5pm, there's a cupping session with Mike Riley, a Q-grade instructor with decades of experience from Falcon Coffees. For a chance to take part and secure your place, please email roastery at hotnumberscoffee.co.uk. There are 15 free places. Good news from the White Cottage Bakery in Kingston near Bourne, which has announced that its Christmas baking workshops have now sold out. 
Something to look out for, Fiona of Fiona Patissiere is restarting her very popular chocolate bars in mid-November. Now, these sell out really quickly, so look out for details of when you can order them. Baker's Maison Clement has reverted to its previous opening days by reopening on Tuesdays in Derby Street and Mondays in Hills Road. It had been closed on those days because of staff shortages. News from Mark Poynton of MGP at the Shepherds in Fenditton, where everyone that books a table in the month of October will automatically be placed in a draw to win a table for four people for a tasting menu with matching wines. And they have limited copies of Mark's debut book, It's Just Food, at £40 each, which can be signed with a message. These can be posted out also at a cost of £7 or picked up at the restaurant. And that is our last news roundup for the day, although we will be catching up with any updates on social media shortly. Before then, let's head to Rose Crescent in the centre of town to a new shop called Dulcis. They sell gelato and a pasticcini. You know, the first things that people are... When they come into Dulcis, the first thing they say, you know what it is? Wow! <laughs> because they cannot believe how many options, how pretty they are. Maurizio and I, we are also artists because we, we actually did an art school when we were in Messina. So I like to think that we put a bit of art also. We put good ingredients, but also a little bit of art in every single pasticcini. Alessandro and his brother-in-law Maurizio opened Dulce's in Rose Crescent. Essentially because we knew that in Cambridge we were missing something like this, mm. pasticcini. In Italy you can find pasticcini everywhere, essentially a bite-sized cake with your coffee, or it can be a tray to bring home for you know, a special occasion. In Italy, on Sunday lunch, the very important Sunday lunch, everybody brings something, like a tray of pasticcini, for example, to share with everybody else. And the beauty of pasticcini is that you can choose different flavors to get in one box, you can mix and match, so that's the beauty. They may only have been open for a few months, but they're already spotting their regulars. I remember this girl coming every night, really, every evening at around 10.30, especially in the very hot days during mm. August, coming here in Dulcis and having double scoop gelato. It was like a ritual for her and for me as well, because I remember, oh, yes, you're usual. Looking at their front counter full of pasticcini, it looks like the most popular choice at Dulcis is the cannolo pistachio. Yes, you're right. Cannolo is something everybody knows. They love pistachio, but we have the chocolate and the ricotta version as well. As confirmed by this passing American that I flagged down. I kind of fell in love with the pistachio cannoli. Like, I had it the first time I came here, and every time that I see it now available, I think I, I grab one. It's just bursting with that. Beautiful flavor. It is awesome, yeah, especially all the pistachios on top. It's great. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. On an ice cream, you got the cannoli on an ice cream. Yeah. That's yeah, brilliant. That's the combo all over the social media. Yeah. You know, something that uh, is a new trendy things to do. <laughs> Gelato and pasticcino. And speaking of trendy things, you'll find Dulce's in Rose Crescent, a very trendy street. Maurizio and I, we felt like part of a family being in Ross Crescent. I don't know how to say, but I think it's like a, a small community within a bigger community, which is Cambridge. It's very nice. So if I need help from my neighbor here, he will help me. We help each other. It's really like a family feeling. 
which is great. La Raza, all the teams come here for a pasticcino before the shift, just to have a bit of kick <laughs> of sugar. And Pinch is a very nice coffee and we go quite often. I never really gave a thought to pasticcini being seasonal, but it is. Yes, we like to change regularly, so by doing this we like to think, okay, Christmas is coming, winter is coming, so what people would like to have. Also, we add new flavor for the ice cream, so we reduce the sorbet, we put more flavor on our dairy selection. So we have salted caramel now, ricotta and lemon and cinnamon, as well as our classic, which is janduja, for example. Janduja is, is our best seller. Okay. Uh, do you know what is janduja? I don't, no. no. Yeah. Okay, can you grab a spoon of janduja, please, for Matt? So while we are talking, I want him to tell me what it is before okay. I explain. Is that okay with you? But it looks very chocolatey. Yeah. Side, so let's just try this gelato. Okay. <laughs> Either pistachio or nougat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's essentially chocolate and hazelnut paste. Okay. So janduja is essentially 80% hazelnut paste and 20% chocolate. Praline is what I was Praline, thinking of. That yes, was the name. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, some people, yes. You know, it's our bestseller. I'm very glad it is the bestseller because it's very Italian flavor. It comes from north of Italy, Torino. But uh, for some reason, Messina, the city where we are coming from, me and Maurizio, mm -hmm. in Messina you can find many, many, many desserts and uh, gelato with this flavour, with this janduja. So, that's why. But here in Cambridge, janduja doesn't mean a lot to many people. How does something like that become your most popular flavour when it's, there's nothing here that's obvious that tells them what it is? The answer is we like to talk to people, we like to explain what it is, we like to really experience our Italian way to do gelato. I don't like to put next to their flavour what it is because we like to talk to people, we like them to ask us what it is. I, I, I don't know, but people loved it. They came back and they, they, they like to try new things, but then, you know, Gianduia still is the best seller so far. That's why it will be probably forever on our menu. <laughs> so your method works, clearly. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's why you need to love this job, and especially Maurizio, it's very creative. He has 30 years experience within this industry, and recently, he studied at Alma, which is a really, really important uh, school in Italy, in Parma, where there is a lot of people coming from everywhere in the world just to learn how to do pastry in an Italian way. So, answering to your question, if you love this job, and we support each other, me and Maurizio, you know, we, you want to really discover new things, new, new taste, a new flavour. And, you know, sometimes I just ask people, when they come in into the shop, I just ask... <laughs> How can I make you happy today? <laughs> because, you know, it's a, such, a, such a little things. Everybody can afford to have a little pastry. It's quite luxury, but still is affordable. So that is really the simple concept of dulcis. You can have a, a little treat and enjoy yourself around the Rose Crescent with a few pasticcini on your hand or a nice gelato as well. Dulcis was open until 11pm throughout the summer. With autumn setting in, they're closing at 9pm on Fridays and Saturdays, but they want to be open late again next summer, because that's part of their culture. Don't you think it would be nice to get late-night pistachio and ice cream in the middle of town? I remember this actually, there were two girls coming from Mexico, and they said, wow, 
I'm having ice cream and pasticcino at 10.30 p.m. in Cambridge. It's amazing, I feel like home. And I know what that means as Italian, because in Italy you can go until really late uh, during the night. You can have everything you like. You can have a pizza, you can have a gelato, you can have pasticcini everywhere at midnight if you want and not just summer even during the winter so that would be great and that that's our aim we want to open more and more you know one of the most asked questions especially from Italians it was oh do you do cake as well so me and Maurizio we thought okay let's do a menu for Italian cake they're gonna be available on order on our website. They can see the pictures for you know special event birthday. We do also of uh, order and collect. And for big order, you have a little discount with a notice of three days. In other words, we can do this freshly made for you on the day when you want to collect them. So you know, Dulcis has a lot at the moment. We are offering gelato, pasticcini, very soon cakes. So we are we are so happy already with what we're offering. But there is more coming. Well, thanks very much, Alessandro. And we are here at Dulce's on Rose Crescent. And you're listening to Flavor on Cambridge 105 Radio. Thanks, Alessandro. Ciao, grazie. Yeah, that was Alessandro Cellona of Dulce's in Rose Crescent. And you can check out their range uh, online, actually. D-U-L-C-I-S hyphen cambridge.co.uk and one thing I forgot to mention is that they do have plenty of vegan and gluten-free pasticcini. And that rather loud music signals time for the news from social media. Yes, just just a bit today. Uh, <laughs> rather urgent message, really, from Cafe Foy. They've got a shortage of staff at the moment, and that means that tomorrow, Sunday, there'll be no brunch menu. Instead, they will open at 10.30, but will be straight into the lunch menu. The Petersfields have updated their wine list, and as a result, some of these previous wines they've been selling, they're offering now at 10% off. And some exciting news, Calvary's. They're opening a new site. I think that's really big news, actually. Calvary's is opening a new site on the river, and that's by the Museum of Technology, but they're keeping the original Hooper Street site as well, Matt, I think, aren't they? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. And also, thanks to Tony Barnfield of this station, who used to run a restaurant himself, and he uh, was responding to what they said at Restaurant 22 about closing one Saturday a month. And he said that when he ran a restaurant, Saturdays were dreaded at times. And a further problem was running low on or out of things like fish and meat, often with the next delivery on a Tuesday. And that made Sunday and Monday pretty problematic as well. So the travails of restaurant owners. We'll have to talk to Tony about it. And there's Green Onion signalling the start of our job section. We begin with Darwin College, who have vacancies for baristas from 22K, chefs from 24K, and servers from 22K. You can find details, full details of the vacancies and how to apply on the Darwin College website. 
Head chefs or kitchen managers are needed at Smokeworks in Station Road, hot numbers in Shepreth, uh, whose need is urgent, and a head chef is needed at Cote in Bridge Street. Chefs are needed at Bills in Green Street, Grastonomy in Bridge Street, the Cambridge Tap in St Andrew Street, and Apprentice Chef, chef is needed at Churchill College. Sous chefs are needed at Scott's All Day in Mill Road, Grant in Newnham Road, Churchill College and the Station Tavern in Station Square. Commie chefs are needed at the Old Bicycle Shop in Regent Street and at King's College. A demi-chef de partie is needed at Midsummer House or Midsummer Common and chefs de partie are needed at the Station Tavern and the Boot in Histon. And that takes us to the end of our programme for today. We are here on alternate Saturdays at 12 noon, repeated on Mondays at 6pm and Thursdays at 2pm. And of course, we'll be available via podcast early next week. Yes, we will. And coming up on Cambridge 105 Radio today at 1pm is Gadget Guide and at 2pm Sue Marchant's Selection. But that's all from us. We'll be back on the 22nd of October with lots more food and drink news, jobs and features. But until then... Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>